Okay, yep. so before we start, I usually ask people to do like a little promo. <laughs> I've heard it. Yeah, yeah. So please mess around as much as you like, because <laughs> that's fun. Do you want me just to do the typical one? Because I know I know exactly what I, I've heard all of them. Okay, great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, have fun with it. Do whatever you like. You're an you're an entertainer, so I will trust your judgment and sure. not uh, and impede on your creative process. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jesse Call with the Savannah Bananas, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Beer with Jeff Smith. Buckle up, it's showtime. Perfect. That was my favorite so far. I think. You tell that to everyone. Here. Yeah, I do. <laughs> you your secrets. That's right. That's right. So see, if you want to know about the show, just listen. It's pretty open book, right? Okay. Let me, uh, let me say showtime, which is showtime is my thing. It's everything's always a show with what we do. It's not about baseball. It's always about the show. So I hope no one said showtime yet. No, you're the first one to say it's showtime. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And you have to do jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you're you're out. You're in Vegas now. I heard you moved from California. Is that correct? Correct. Excellent. How are you enjoying it? Uh, I'm loving it. Let me let me just break in here real quick because I'm gonna hit stop on the recorder and make a new uh, recording, and we'll start the show. Sure. Are you ready? Yeah. Rock and roll. Okay. Here we go. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Mark Podolsky, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Jeff Smith, I have to tell you, pulse is normal, respiration's fine. <laughs> I'm excited to Vroom Vroom Veer. Hey, man, you're good at this. You've done this before, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I have three podcasts. There you go. Myself. So, like, you're living on on uh, on Zoom and Skype, and uh, and and this is just part of your everyday life, right here. What you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You're not. You're not. This is just like another hour of Mark's life. Okay, understood. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you are at uh, thelandgeek.com, and you are a teacher slash trainer, and uh, and you're also very big into selling land and buying land and making money from uh, raw land. So talk a little bit about what you got going on that you're most excited about in your business today. Yeah, so you know I'm a professional land investor. I've done over 5,200 land flips. And, you know, essentially what I'm, I'm excited when one of my clients tells me that they were able to quit their job. Right. Nice, right. Like Mark, I, you know, I, I, I closed enough deals. I have enough passive income now where it exceeds my fixed expenses and I quit my job or, um, you know, Sean, uh, Rickman and Rachel Mueller quit their jobs and they're traveling through Europe and around the world, you know, doing the land business. So for me, that's really exciting. Um, and, you know, kind of like my big why, because right, before right. I was teaching, yeah, I, I loved, you know, doing land deals like a, like a, like a deal junkie, 
But essentially, <laughs> you know, nobody that ever invested in land with me ever wrote me a note and said, hey, Mark, you changed my life with this land investment. Like they liked it. They, like working <laughs> they with probably me, made some but it money. It wasn't like Maybe, a yeah. life changer for them. Right, right. And so for me, that's really what I, I love about uh, the landgeek.com and that, that teaching platform is, you know, now I have the opportunity to really make a bigger impact in people's lives. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about where you came from and how you got to be a teacher and a, and a, and a land deal flipping guy. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. Real estate so, investor. So let's yeah, land investor. The tape. Yeah, let's rewind yeah, the yes. tape. So, so uh, uh, it, it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just where did, where did you grow up, for instance? It's always a good place so, to start. So I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I went to school at, in Indiana University, go Hoosiers. All right. And when I graduated, I worked with dentists, helping them buy and sell dental practices. Wow. And that's where I started seeing this, this terrible affliction that I call solo economic dependency, which means mm. that if a dentist wasn't working, they weren't gener- generating any revenue, right? Right, right. And so... Eventually, after their thousandth crown, <laughs> they would start getting, you know, depressed. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a high burnout kind of situation. A high burnout. Yeah. And, and there's like, you know, and they start making these crazy investments to try to get out of it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, there's got to be a better way to to make, you know, a living than than always having to do the work yourself. And so my next job was as an investment banker working with private equity groups, buying and selling, uh, you know, companies. And so okay. we did mid, mid-market, you know, merger and acquisitions, you know, five to 500 million in, in enterprise value. And I'm telling you, Jeff, I hated it. I had a 45-minute commute to work and back. Mm. I was micromanaged. It was high stress. It was high pressure. It was long hours. And it got so bad for me that I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast. Oh, and having man. to be back at work oh, on Monday. That's the worst. So my Sorry. firm, and this is now I'm in Phoenix, by the way. Okay. And my firm hires this guy. And he's telling me that on the side, he's going to these tax deed auctions. And he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. Well, I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, a great company has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. A great company. Your average company is at 10% and I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So I don't believe him. So I got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with them. I buy up 10 uh, half acre parcels and average price of $300 each. I do exactly what he says to do. I put them up online. They all sell for over $1,200 each. 300% it worked. Wow. So I took all that money. I went to another auction. And again, this is 2000. There's no one in the room. And I'm buying up all this property in Arizona where I live, lots and acreage and for nothing. And over the next six months, I made over $92,000 on that one auction. So I said to my wife, I'm like, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be a full-time land investor. (laughs) Did she freak out? She said, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) She's smart. Jeff, you still with me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 You kind of cut out there. Okay. Sorry. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm still with so, you. So the, okay, okay so, so she wasn't ready yet. She no, she's pregnant, and she's like, I, I can't believe you're going to just quit your job, and and do this. Um, I you know it's very scary. I said, okay, fine. So I did it part time for 18 months until the land investing income exceeded the investment banking income, and then I quit in 2001, and I've been doing it full time ever since. That's amazing. Wow. And this is just, you're not even talking about making any sort of money off of the land itself. You're just buying high. No, buying low and selling high, essentially. Just doing I'm buying flips. low and selling high. Correct. Wow. Correct. Wow. So if, if you want, I can kind of walk you through my, my passive income model. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because this is sure. interesting, you know, because most people, you know, they, <clears throat> they might be dabbling in land, but, you know, most people are thinking about buying houses. So this is, you're the first person that I've talked to that's just buying land, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's so great about this niche is that, you know, no one, it's not sexy. No one does it. So there's very little competition, if any competition. So essentially what I do is, okay, so Jeff, where do you live? I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, so you're in Las Vegas. And I see on the tax roll that, oh my gosh, Jeff Smith owes $200 in back taxes on this property in, tax, in Texas. So this 20-acre property in Texas you own, but you live in Nevada, and the property's in Texas. So it tells me two things. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to the land. You don't even live there. And number two, you're distressed in some way because when we don't value something, we don't pay for it. So essentially... Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you're not interested in the property anymore. Maybe it was from your parents and you don't know what to do with it, but you haven't paid the $200 in back taxes. So what I'll do is I'll look at the comparable sales for the last, say, 12 to 18 months. And let's take that 20-acre parcel. Let's say that it's been selling at an average price of $10,000. All I'll do is divide by four. And that gets me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So the most I'm going to pay for your property is $2,500. And I send you an actual offer for your property of $2,500. Now, 3 to 5% of people will accept this quote-unquote top dollar offer. And then we go through something called due diligence, which is a fancy word for extensive research. We make sure that you actually own the property. The back taxes are only $200. There's no liens or encumbrances. There's been no breaks in the chain of title. Um, and so we go through this due diligence checklist um, we outsource that to the Philippines. It costs us about $11. Now we go ahead and, and buy the property from you. And now we own it. And then, Jeff, I have a best-in-built buyer that all the housing guys don't have. You know who it is? Who is it? The neighbors. The neighbors. Okay. Interesting. So, so we sent out neighbor letters saying, before we go to the open market, here's your chance to improve your holdings, protect your view, and, and take advantage of that. And that so makes oftentimes sense the neighbors like, will buy it. And if the they neighbors pass, are interested, right? we'll go to our buyer's <clears throat> list. If they pass, we'll go to a little website, 10th most trafficked website in the country called Craigslist. Okay. And then we'll go to another website, Facebook, buy, sell groups. And so within 30 days, we'll sell this property and the way that we'll sell it is we'll get $2,500 down, and then we'll just make it a car payment, let's say $4.99 a month at 9% interest for the next 10 years. 
So essentially, it's a one-time sale. I get recurring passive income of $4.99 a month, but I don't have to deal with a renter, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank legislation, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. Right, right. And this is why I call it the best passive income model because once you create enough of these notes and you have the passive income exceeding your fixed expenses, life becomes very different. Interesting. So you're kind of like you're the financer here too. You're writing these notes. Exactly. I'm right. I'm <clears throat> the bank. Interesting. So anybody can write these notes? Yeah, yeah. We, we provide them for you. So it's just a promissory note. Right. Anyone can do it. Wow. And, and then we automate it with a software called geekpay.io that automates collecting the money via ACH and credit card every single month. Wow. It does all the amortization and does all the, the calculations if you're charging interest. Wow. So you're, you're kind of like a systems nerd too, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, I, well, I'm really system nerd. So I'm 90% automated. I work about two hours a week in Frontier Properties, my land investing company. Right. Wow. And then the rest of the time yeah. you're, you're walking and talking on Skype and Zoom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is awesome. So just so uh, the audience knows, when I, when I talked to Mark uh, and I, we, we had video on for a little while, we turned it off because so we get higher fidelity conversation without video on. But it was awesome. I was watching him on his treadmill. and and that was a lot of fun so i just wanted to share that real quick so okay so let's talk a little bit about um you know when you're uh, when your wife kind of freaked out there i mean how long did you say that you went from say still working you said like about 18 months right so 18 months yeah yeah talk a little bit about how uh, how it was um convincing her that uh, it was it was the right time to make the jump and quit well, the job. I mean, I mean was that a big it, deal or was it not such a big it was, deal? It was a really big deal. I had to actually, because I'm really risk averse, so I had to kind of right. first of all convince myself. And I, oh, I kind of sure. did this this fear-setting exercise, if you will. Yeah, I love that. I wrote actually, down, yeah. okay, what is the worst-case scenario that happens? And so I said, okay, the worst-case scenario is I own this asset. Um, that's yeah. not so bad, right? right? right like right, I got this right. asset I just can't sell, but it's not like I'm, I've got a, a, a garage full of stuff that's just going to annoy my wife. Mm. So, you know, I thought, okay, well, I've got an asset, nothing to maintain, nothing to protect. It lasts forever. You know, maybe I, you know, the kids could inherit it one day. Uh, maybe I can barter with it if I just can't sell it. Mm. So I thought, well, that's not such a bad worst case scenario. And then I thought, well, the other issue was I could just get another job. You can always get another job, job anyway. Right. You can always get so another job. So why not right? try this? And if it didn't work, well, I'm, I wouldn't be any worse off than I was. Yeah. You're not right? going to bet the farm. And so right. <laughs> I, I kind of I went through this with her. And, and the interesting thing was, you know, not that I was smart. It's just that from 2001 to 2008, you know, anyone could have made money in real estate and, and I was that guy. Mm. And so I actually had created a a bigger problem for myself, which was Parkinson's law of money. So the more money I made, the more money I spent. And I thought, Oh, now I'll be successful. Right. And so, you know, of course, like my house wasn't good enough 
So I had to buy, a, you know, this million dollar <laughs> home sure. in the best area in Scottsdale. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, all my neighbors have nicer cars than me. So I had to get luxury cars. And then, you know, through the years, I have three kids. Why should they go to public school? Private school. Right. And then, right, right. well, if I have three kids, you know, if I'm working from home and I'm barely working and it's so easy, why should my wife have to work? So we had a nanny five days a week. Wow. We had a housekeeper five right, days a right, week. Right, right. And next it. thing you know, I've created this incredible personal overhead for myself. <laughs> and it, I, what I thought was going to make me happy and make my life easier it essentially made me miserable. And my wife and I are fighting and I'm getting stressed out. And then 2010 comes along and about 40% of my note income just disappeared for, for whatever reason. I didn't get really hit till 2010 while the housing guys got hit in 2008. Okay. And so, you know, we had to really start figuring out like, okay, what is important to us? Because all this stuff that, the conventional society said is going to make you happy made us unhappy. So mm. we got rid of the house. We got rid of the housekeepers, got rid of the nannies. We got rid of, you know, we went public school. Um, we got rid of the luxury cars and we started, you know, instead of going out every, you know, every other night to like a fancy restaurant, we'd stay home and cook on Saturday night and play charades with the kids and right. started figuring out like, Oh my gosh, you know, having meaningful relationships makes us a lot more happy yeah. than, you know, this quote unquote looking really successful. Right. But right. that was a, it was a tough time for me Oh man, to that, take that kind of ego hit. <clears throat> the, the, everybody falls into that though. You know, I, I don't, I'm glad that you walked through that, that whole thing because, um, it's almost like my new measuring stick about who I want to hang out with. <laughs> and, and you know, it's not like I'm judging people. It's just, it's just where they are. And when are they going to have that realization that like more crap is not going to make you happy, you know, or nicer stuff is not going to make you more happy. Right. Yeah, I think there's yeah, this yeah, threshold yeah, kind of limit. I, I, I felt like I wasn't enough. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I would, yeah. So it didn't matter. Like I just keep trying to fill that void of not feeling like enough. And it right. was, it never could get filled. No, for real. Yeah, that that you you've you've spoken so much, <laughs> so and you've done it so nicely and succinctly. Have you ever heard of this guy, Mister Money Mustache? The I love that guy. Yeah, right. Oh, oh yeah, I found him like uh, via Tim Ferriss. I think last year, or the year before, and uh, he's he's kind of gotten the same problem now, where he's gotten so famous he's making more money and he's like a lot of the stuff that he's saying now is sort of like you have to again take with a grain of salt because it's like geez we know you're making a ton of cash now <laughs> right yeah and uh it i think he's having a hard time keeping his life as small as he wants it which is kind of an interesting problem to have i suppose yeah i mean you know and and i've, I've kind of got the same thing where you know we spend our money on experiences, experiences right. and, and food now, but um, because, you know, we have so much passive income coming in, but, you know, I'm also ready to lose it all. And, right. and my wife is, is, is ready to, you know, to stay with me. We, we talk about this all the time, like, well, if it all goes to hell, right? And, you know, because I'm always taking more risks and starting, you know, new things here and there, you know, we figured out how to be homeless and be happy. Like, I'm like, hey, we're going to move to Newport Beach, California. We're going nice to get spot. a tent. We're going to live on the beach. 
<laughs> we're going to join a 24-7 health spa. Yeah. We're going to smell good. We're going to work out. We're going to, you know, sure. we're going to go to the public Planet library. <laughs> I'm going to start another company. We're going to get back on our feet. We're going to go to Fashion Island at night. We'll get some good food. And she's like, yeah, not so bad. Not right? so bad. Like yeah. even the worst case of being homeless, it wouldn't be that bad. We'd be pretty happy. Yeah. You know, I, I've actually walked through a couple of those scenarios in my head too. It's like, um, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I'm retired military. So as long as I'm somewhere close to a base, that means I have a free shower. Because yeah. <laughs> I can always go to the gym, right? And, right. Uh, right. You know, as long as I can afford a van, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much okay. Right. I've got shelter. Right. Uh, and I've got a shower. I could probably scrounge in a dress even out of there somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. It's always nice to go through those um, those worst case scenarios because you're going to end up realizing that the worst isn't so bad. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's no reason, you know, to not make a plan if you're unhappy and start figuring out a way to, you know, get out of social economic dependency I mean, you, you may love your job or, I, you know, I'll talk to, uh, you know, high paid doctors, but they're, they're really stressed out mm. and even they, you know, they want some passive income. They want the option to not have to work so hard. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, all of your, you know, I've been doing options, stock options for mm, uh-huh. about a year or two. And then I've, uh, I've started kind of like embracing this whole idea of optionality. Um, just mm-hmm. because every time you go into a new option strategy with, I, <clears throat> the, have you ever heard of the Motley Fool? They're, yeah, absolutely. So sure. they've got this, uh, they're they, huge. Yeah, they're huge, but they've, they came up with a couple of years ago, this option service. So I don't know, you know, I don't want to get too far into options, but they'll send out these, you know, strategy notifications. So if it's like, okay, if you have this much money and you feel like spending it on this, here's a, here's a strategy you can set up. And the thing that I like about it is, is there's like one, there's like three scenarios wherein it's like the first scenario is that exactly everything went perfectly the way you wanted it and you just get money, right? <laughs> right. And then there's another scenario where uh, things don't go exactly right. You might have to spend a little bit of money to not lose so much money, but you've still made money. Okay. Right. Like it's like a buyout almost. Um, and then there's a, a scenario where maybe you suddenly own a stock that's you got on a, uh, at a discount, right? Now you own the right. stock, right? You've been assigned. Eh, that's not so bad. Right? So the, right. The, the, the thing about it is, is kind of like what you were talking about before. It's like, what's the worst that can happen? Hmm. I would own a stock in a really good company. That's not so bad. Oh, and by the way, I got it at a discount. That's not so bad either. So it it really opened my eyes to the idea of um, buying into um, scenarios and strategies of making money that include this idea of optionality. So um, it sounds like land investing has a lot of optionality built into it as well. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the land investing, it, it's, you know, there's so many different creative things you can do. So a lot of people ask me, well, how much money do you need? I'm like, you don't need any money. <laughs> Actually, That's uh, nice. one of my clients, Paul Mandel, he had a couple hundred bucks and he sends out our, you know, the offers. He locks up a deal. He tells the, 
the the seller of the land, hey, uh, it's going to take me 90 days to close your on your on your property, and they say, okay, well, it really, you know, it takes seven days to do like due diligence, if that, and then he would just send out the neighbor letters. The neighbors wanted to buy the property, so he had the neighbors pay him cash first, and then he paid off his seller with that cash in a dual closing and ended up making like $10,000 for just sending out letters. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. <laughs> That's kind of like uh, I saw somebody was um, buying things on eBay and then selling them on Amazon. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and not even actually ever taking possession of the stuff. Right. So it's like drop right, shipping right. from one to the other. Sounds sounds like a similar scenario, except you're doing it with land. Interesting. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. And you don't have to, you know, deal with anything physical. You don't have to worry about a third party platform saying, "Hey, you can't do that." Um, you have total control. Yeah. So talk a little bit about this uh, this ultimate subscription model that you've got going on. I, I'm, I'm so th- yeah. That, that, so this that. is the ultimate subscription model because it's. It's a one-time sale, and then you get recurring passive income every single month, and you're not dealing with any of the headaches of traditional real estate. No toilets, no tenants, no termites. Right. So that's why I call it the ultimate subscription, subscription model. model. <laughs> so the, I, I was the thing that I was curious about, but, but I didn't see you mention anything. You're not you're not dealing with any sort of um, keep a land, keep some land, and and try to get any sort of use fee out of it. I know a lot of people that have land that'll say like put, um, what are they, cell towers, windmills, and solar panels. <laughs> You're not into that at all? I, I'm not into that, but there's nothing, I don't, I'm not against it either. Okay. I, I just don't, you know, look for it because I just don't. Nothing um, wrong with that. I, I'd rather keep <laughs> the underlying asset. And if someone comes to me, and, you know, wants to do those things, you know, a cell tower builder wants to build a cell tower and pay me rent. I'm happy to do it. Okay. It's just, you know, very rare. All right. um, you know, you can sell timber. There's all these types of things you can do. Right. Um, even billboards. But I, I prefer just to own my land, get my money out and then just have this recurring note payment every single month and um, and just continue doing that. It's just very simple. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, so like if somebody wanted to sign up for your training program, how does that work? And, and how did you get in, how did you start, um, in start doing training people how to do this sort of like lifestyle business? Right, right. So I'm on, I'm on vacation (laughs) and this guy is on my frontier properties website and he called me and he said, Hey, I want you to teach me how to do what you do. And I said, I don't teach people how to do what I do. He said, well, I'll pay you this amount. I said, oh, maybe I will teach you that. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. And then my wife said, that's always me, well, the best business model, honey, by the way. If you, right? if you start teaching people how to do what you do, aren't you going to start creating your own competition? And so I'm like, oh, that's a good, a good, you know, thing to well, well explore. Thought. Yeah, right. Okay. And so we did the math. And we figured out that there's billions of acres of land and there's literally like hundreds of people doing this 
and it's not sexy. You're not going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and see flip this land. It's just me in front of my computer right. shuffling paper. Sure. So we figured out that everyone would run out of money before they run out of deal flow. And that's really how I started teaching. And so, you know, if you want to learn more, I think the best places to go is thelandgeek.com. Okay. All right. Cool. Thelandgeek.com. And you talk a little bit about what you, I guess you're teaching on your podcast as well. I mean, you've got well, three I, I different three podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the Land Geek podcast um, talks all about raw land investing. We have the best passive income model podcast, which uh, has experts from all walks of life. And then the shtick at the end is, hey, I explained to my model, I'm like, do I have the best passive income model podcast? And then sometimes the guest is like, yeah, you do. And sometimes you're like, well, well I don't I'm know. Better. And sometimes you argue. <laughs> okay. And then the current <laughs> podcast is the Art of Passive Income Model podcast, where once a week we have a, a land geek roundtable where we talk about land investing and the other uh, podcast. So it, it comes out twice a week is is other experts essentially mm. talking about their success secrets oh, nice. and kind of extracting that out. Right, right, right. And and I like the fact that, you know, you've got like this whole sort of like system automated. And I, I would imagine you talk a little bit about that too, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's all about automation because the last thing I want anyone to do is create another job for themselves. Sure. So without the systems, without the automation, um, you've just created another job for yourself. I, I, so that that's really what I think separates us is that, we have this scalable model. You can do it from anywhere in the world with an inexpensive laptop and, um, and an internet connection. And so it's, it's pretty incredible what, what you can do today. I mean, there's, there's never been a best, better time, I, th- I think, in history to, to be in business mm. with all the technology. <clears throat> For sure. Hey, this has been a blast, man. I mean, ha- ha- is there more that we need to say? Ha- have, I, have we left anything out? Are there more I, stories I mean, on the you table? Know, I'm, I'm happy to talk as long as you want, yeah. <laughs> well, we have an hour, so <clears throat> I'm just I've run out of, run out of notes on your uh, thingy. Let's see here. We talked about getting out of uh, so, solo economic dependency, how to create sure. passive income in raw land. Did we talk about that? We did. Okay. How to improve your life with systems and automation. We talked about that. Talked about it. Uh, how to improve your life with the ultimate subscription model we created. Uh, how yeah. to create and plan freedom and flexibility and fire your boss. I think we covered there everybody. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we did so, everybody. Yeah. We talked about, yeah. We, we, did we talk about geekpay.io, my, my software startup? What, no. I, don't, yeah, I know so nothing about so geekpay. <laughs> okay, talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So geekpay.io automates the back end of the business. So once you get your land sale, or let's say even if you're a used car dealer, like there's a lot of use cases for it, but um, essentially you get the down payment through the software, you send them a link and then it manages the note for you and automates collecting the money via wow. ACH. If the ACH fails, it'll charge a credit card on file okay. plus a 3% convenience fee. And so ACH you're not partnering is, with the credit card company basically they... and it'll do the amortization. It'll do all the calculations. It'll automate the notifications to your borrower um, that their payment went in or if it's late or if it failed. And, um, it's pretty incredible actually. It, it's been, uh, it's been quite a journey 
uh, creating that. But I, I love it now. I'm very proud of it. So, and this is something, another business or is it like an app? This is, yeah, this is, this is another business. It's a whole other uh, business. It's geekpay.io. Interesting. Geekpay.io. Now, now I need to check that out. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds a little bit like PayPal on steroids. It is like PayPal on steroids, absolutely. <laughs> for land deals, but you can use it for anything. Anything that you want to do recurring yeah, payments. Yeah, yeah. I right? mean, you know, like I want, you know, all all these small businesses that have any kind of issues collecting money, it's so easy for mm. them to just, you know, they can go on their computer or their phone and just charge the card on file or collect ACH. ACH is like 45 cents compared to, you know, the two point whatever percent for a credit card. It's right. It's really phenomenal. And then your, your customer can log in and, you know, see their balance. Um, they can make a prepayment at any time. So it avoids you having to answer the, answer the phone. Hey, what do I owe this month? What's my balance? Or how can I make a prepayment? It's just all done for them too. And they can change their billing on there. And it's, it's really nice. And, and they can set up like, uh, uh, obviously they can set up their own ACH and that's just basically a, a checking account, right? Yeah, exactly. Just the account number and routing number, wow. checking your savings and their, their name. And it just pulls it every month. That's amazing. And you, and you came up with that all by your lonesome? Well, I went through a lot of pain. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't find anything in the marketplace oh. that solved this problem for me. Right, and so I'm like, well, screw it, I'll do it. And so I hired a, a developer in San Francisco, and yeah, you know, and did it. You know what I wanted? So, uh, yeah. You know what I want to do, and you might, you might be able to share my pain here too. So every time sure. we, I do a podcast, right. I have right. to copy and paste a bunch of links on into my into my show notes page. Mm. Right? And you do too. Or somebody does. <laughs> because that's part of what you do is you you link to show notes, right? So and, right. and that's part of the value of a podcast. So I'm thinking, hey world, I don't I don't necessarily want to do this myself, but wouldn't it be cool if there was like a it's almost like a business card plugin for, for podcasts or show notes or something. So I can go and plug in all of my URLs and make it look all nice and cool. And then I, and then I get like some floating kind of gravatar signature thingy. Uh, and then you just use that, that plugin and bam, everything that is automatically automatically updated on your, my show notes. So what do you think? I, I would pay for it. I mean, look, <laughs> I'll buy anything that will save me time. Right? I mean, I, I can I always would, make more money. I can't get more time. Most plugins are free. So, you know, it would be yeah. okay. It, I just want it to exist so I don't have to do that typing. Uh, that's it. I'm just being selfish, you know, and lazy. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's the mother of invention, right? Right. That's great. Yeah, there you go. Well, hey, this has been a blast. I think now we've covered everything. You are Mark Podolsky, and uh, your main website is thelandgeek.com. So I think everybody can pretty much find everything else that exists uh, in the land of the land geek at thelandgeek.com. I will give you the last word. All right. I would just say that um, I love this Zig Ziglar quote. If you'll do for the next three to five years... What other people won't do, mm. you'll be able to do with the rest of your life. What other people can't do. I love like that, that quote. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. 
if you're just yeah. willing to to invest in maybe a little some, something that might be a little scary, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Mark. This has been a blast. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.